Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled Healing in That Blood. Entire family here to share in this special time of Bible study and fellowship. The choir is going to come and sing Healing in the Blood. Thank you. 
a barber, finding he had a preacher in his chair, thought he would conduct the conversation on the proper ecclesiastical lines. So as he started clipping, he asked suddenly, Do you believe in consecration, sir? Consecration, asked the preacher. What do you mean? Oh, you know what I mean. I was once consecrated, but it never did any good. I never got anything out of it. You were consecrated, said the preacher. Don't you mean you were confirmed? Yes, that is what I mean. I was just a boy at the time, and I said to a friend, Let's get confirmed because we will get half a day off of school if we did, so we got confirmed. And did you get your half day off, asked the preacher. Oh, yes, replied the barber. Then said the preacher, Don't tell me that you didn't get anything out of it. No, but I mean I didn't get anything that you would expect, protested the barber. What did you expect, asked the preacher. The poor barber was confused. He had expected nothing, and that's exactly what he got. Listen, said the preacher, confirmation means strengthening, but you can't strengthen what doesn't exist. If you had no Christian faith, you could not confirm it. By the way you are, are you going to heaven? The barber testily replied, Going to heaven? Why, of course I'm going to heaven. Why shouldn't I go to heaven? Well, asked the preacher, why should you go? Well, I'm as good as any other man, said the barber. I've never done anybody any harm, and I've always done my best. Is that all you have to say? For if so, I'm afraid you haven't have a dog's chance of going to heaven on those terms, said the preacher. The barber was astonished. Not when I've done my best, he asked. Look, said the preacher, suppose another customer came in and sat down in this vacant chair next to me and said he wanted a haircut. And suppose I said to you, here, give me the scissors and the comb and I'll cut the fellow's hair. What would happen? Well, you'd make an awful mess of it, answered the barber. Yes, but I would do my best. Wouldn't that be enough, replied the preacher? The barber protested. The more you would do, the worse it would get. Exactly, said the preacher, for I know nothing about cutting hair. But suppose you give me your experience and skill, and then what? Why, then you could cut hair as well as I could, said the barber. Now that is what is needed to live the Christian life. Producing a Bible, the minister read, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, I don't do my best. I don't depend upon confirmation or any other rite or ritual. I just give myself to Lord Jesus Christ and let him do his best in me. That's the Christian life. The barber was silent for a moment. Then he said, I'd like to be that sort of Christian. They knelt together, and the barber did receive the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. Now what about you? Perhaps you were trusting in something you did as a child. A baptism. A confirmation joining in the church, when all the time you should be trusting in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and letting Him live in you. Listen now as Bill Burkett, Larry Graybill, Dave Kephart, and John Harris sing this beautiful song entitled, That Beautiful Name.
You are listening to Joy in the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at this same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altoonabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you would have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at 942-2131. 
Listen now as Buddy Hand plays for us in the trumpet this beautiful song entitled His Eye is on the Sparrow. When the Battle of Waterloo was fought, Nathan Rothschild, a founder of the International Banking House, kept close to the front in the safety of a bulletproof hiding place. As soon as he saw the beginning of Wellington's victory and Napoleon's defeat, he mounted a swift horse and rode furiously to Brussels, where he hired the fastest carriage he could to secure and drove at the top speed to the Belgian coast. A wild storm raged over the English Channel, and Rothschild had to pay an adventurous fisherman 500 hours to ferry him across. Reaching the British shore, he galloped on horseback to the London Stock Exchange. Here, he found the bankers who were expecting the news of their country's defeat and dejected. 
without breathing a hint of what he knew, Rothschild and his agents bought up at low prices all the government securities they could get their hands on. The panic lasted for two days until at last the news of Wellington's victory reached London. The stock immediately rose to fabulous figures. Then, in two hours, Nathan Rothschild made a profit of $10 million by selling at high quotations the securities he had bought at rock-bottom prices. What treachery, you declare, to withhold the message of victory. Yet what greater treachery for you who know that the Lord Jesus Christ has conquered sin, death, and hell, and still keep the gospel of His grace from your fellow man. When you were saved, God left you here on earth to be a witness for Him. We are here as ambassadors of heaven, and our whole concern should be telling others about the Lord and what He has done for us. How long has it been since you testified to another person about the Lord Jesus Christ? Listen now as Courtney Cook sings this beautiful song entitled, God on the Mountain. Things change. 
Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for a Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of Bible study is, rightly dividing the word of truth, is Revelation 3.20, an appeal for sinners to accept Christ as their Savior? Is Revelation 3.20, an evangelistic invitation for sinners to be saved? Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Many evangelists have used Revelation 3.20 as an invitation to salvation. Many Christian artists have painted a picture of Christ standing at a door and knocking. For the Christian evangelist, He might say that the Lord Jesus Christ is standing as Savior at the door to your heart for the unsaved. He is knocking, and if you open the door of your heart, He will enter in and save you. He will give you eternal life by simple faith. But what saith the Scriptures? What saith the Word of God? What about the context? What is the interpretation of Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 and the verses following? There is one interpretation and then the application. I believe the character of the church, the body of Christ in the 21st century, is very simple. They do not want to heed to the words, one interpretation and the application. They do not want to know the interpretation of that of any Bible verse. They want to know what the application is. They want the application without the interpretation. And you cannot go to the application without the interpretation. Wrong interpretation will lead to wrong application, and wrong application is a direct result of a wrong interpretation. It is the correct interpretation, not the application of Revelation 3.20. The Lord is standing at the door of the heart of the unsaved person and knocking on the door. Is this verse an evangelistic invitation to salvation? Some basic principles we need to understand before we look at the interpretation of Revelation 3.20. The book of Revelation is a book of prophecy. Some believe that the book of Revelation is allegorical or a historical book. Those who believe that it's a historical book believe and teach that the book of Revelation has already been fulfilled. Revelation chapter 1 verse 3, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And of course the book of Revelation awaits a future fulfillment. The book of Revelation is not the revelation of John. It's the revelation, it's the unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ. John the Apostle was carried away in the spirit to the Lord's day, to the day of the Lord. God instructed him to write down everything that he saw. The key words or key phrase of the book of Revelation is simply, I saw. The typical outline of the book of Revelation is wrong, which is based upon a wrong understanding, a wrong interpretation of Revelation 119. Revelation 119 states, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The typical outline is chapter 1, verse 1 to 20. Those are the things that he saw that was past. Revelation 2, 1 to 3, 22. Those are the things which are present. In Revelation 4, 1 to 22, 21. These are the things which shall be hereafter, the future. 
What is Revelation 119 really stating? What is the correct interpretation of Revelation 119? Write the things which thou hast seen. What did John see? He saw the whole book. The things which are, what they represent and what they mean, and the things which shall be, the things which shall be hereafter. These things are coming to this world and to this earth. The seven church of Revelation 2 and 3 are not the church ages. Read Revelation one twenty. They are literal churches which will exist during the tribulation period. In the dispensation of grace, we do not need to be an overcomer to receive the promise from God. Literally, we are already super conquerors through the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8.37 The promise to the church of Revelation 3.21 is completely foreign to the promise of the church, the body of Christ. Revelation 3.21 speaks of two thrones. My throne, the millennial kingdom reign of Christ, and my Father's throne. Read Revelation chapter 2, verse 26 and 27. Also, you could read in Acts chapter 2, verse 30, that was Christ was raised up to sit upon the throne, the throne of David. The promise to the church, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and verse 6, Read these words, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, for by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. We are identified in the heavenly places. We are not looking to rule or reign during the millennial kingdom or uh, reign of Lord Jesus Christ on earth. Verse number 7 of Ephesians 2 says that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ is not standing at the door as Savior but as Judge. He's not standing at the door of the unsaved but of the saved. James chapter 5 verse 9 says, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the Judge standeth before the door. Then over in Luke chapter 12, verses 35 to verse number 38. Verse 36 says, And ye yourselves like unto the men that wait for the Lord, when he will return from the wedding, when he cometh and knocks, they open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants. And again, you could tie this into Revelation chapter number 19, dealing with the marriage supper of the Lamb. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, finds watching, verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. You see, we have to look and understand God's word. People want to run to the application. We need to know what the interpretation is first. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not of works. It's not of any work you can do, lest any man should boast. If you've never trusted the Lord, won't you trust Him right now, right where you're at, before it's eternally too late in your life? listening to join the morning from the Altoona Bible Church. 
we trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus is my